We Do Podcast, a podcast about films, TV, life, culture, mental health, and the lot. Today, I've got my special guest, Marina. Yay! Hello! Hello. Oh. <laughs> Welcome! <Martin>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my apartment. This is like the most professional. <laughs> it, I always love pointing out that, you know, on a podcast where it's like, you go home and you're like, I'm in my apartment. I'm in my safe zone. Because you can't go to a studio at the moment. And this yeah. is like, but I feel it's so funny because um, I know so many studios that I could probably record. <laughs> I'm like, nah, my apartment is cheap. It's free. I pay rent. It's already good. Well, the fun thing is about this is that nobody knows what it looks like. So you could literally just paint a picture yeah, that there's like yeah. a golden throne in the corner or something really random. And yeah, yeah. I have a I have a throne. I have a like a giant wild tiger in the corner. There are servants? Like, yeah, I know. They're, they're, bringing, they're bringing drinks and yeah. food. <laughs> That's the that's the way. This yeah. is what we you know. This is what I get in the life of the Sydney CBD. It's a castle. <laughs> it's um, great. It's great. Yeah. Um. So tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, um, I am a traffic reporter and an actor. <laughs> am I not allowed to say that? You are allowed, to, allowed say. to say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm a traffic reporter. I'm a presenter slash actress as well. Um. And I've been in the industry for quite some time now, probably since I was like, oh God, like 12, I started <laughs> doing like acting classes just to like get a feel of if I liked it, if I yeah. didn't. Like my parents always were like, yeah, just go do it. You'll have some just, fun. Just being the creative <laughs> child that I was. <laughs> Are you an only child? No, I have a sister. And is she like? No, she's like, she's creative, but like, she's very academic compared right, to me. Okay. Like she's very left field to what I do. I'm like, la, la, la about life. And she's just like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be done. But it's a good contrast. The complete opposite, like, in some ways. That's like me and my brother. My brother's an academic. And it's the complete, like, he was creative. He did drama classes and everything. Yeah. But completely the opposite of just being like, he's gone off to, like, live overseas and do, like, papers on uh, studies and culture. And then there's me just being like... Chaos child (laughs) running free through life. My sister's like full doing like medical campaigns and stuff for PR things. And I'm just like, I'm going to an audition to like make myself look like a complete idiot. That's going to be a good time. (laughs) And then you come back and you're like, man, was I good at being an idiot? (laughs) Um, Were you always like that though when you were a kid? Was that like something that you knew from such a young age? Yeah, I think so. I always wanted to create things I like from really really little I was like let's make movies like with all my friends and they'd always come over and be like no Marina I don't want to make movies today like we just want to do like normal kid things and I'm like oh I want to make a movie but then I'd watch tv shows and movies one in particular is like Jurassic Park loved that as a kid and I would go back into my room after watching it and like reenact some of the scenes oh my god yeah so is it like can you rewatch it now and still, Jurassic- appre- yeah, and still appreciate it, or is <laughs> yeah. it kind of like a little bit of a just like? I mean, it's a bit of a novelty. Like, I yeah. really like the Jurassic Park franchise because I feel like I'd love to play a role in <laughs> what that. as a dinosaur. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm tall enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, just in general, just to be a part of it. It just, I think it'd be fun to run away from dinosaurs. Is fantasy and like that kind of genre um, something you wanted to break into more than kind of like I'd say soap operas and Home and Away and stuff? Um. Honestly, I would do anything really because I love it so much. I think it's exciting that you can kind of be anyone that you're not. Mm. It's just the fun part of it. But um, that sort of fantasy stuff is something that you definitely would, like you'd never be like a wizard or you'd never be yeah. chased by a dinosaur. So the fact that you get to relive that in something that's not real, it's cool. So I'd love that. <laughs> so with growing up and like, um, you know, obviously 
getting into acting and stuff. Mm. And then going into like presenting is is presenting you know because you've done traffic reporting and stuff. Does presenting appeal to you, or is it kind of something you just kind of fell into? Something I kind of just fell into. Originally, it was always just acting, and that's was like that for a while. And then um, I worked for a radio station, and they kind of got me doing some things on air. And then they were telling me, "Oh, your voice is really nice. Like, why don't you try to do this?" And I was just practicing here and there and doing a bit of radio things. And then they got me into the traffic stuff. They literally got me to do a demo and then it all kind of like fell into place. And from there, that's when I really considered possibly presenting. And is that something you will stick to kind of like, or like juggle between? Cause you know, they talk about presenting as being mm. like um, a, a kind of facade, a little bit of like, you've got your, your own personality. You've got your presenting personality and you've got your acting personality. And they're kind of yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like there's like, do you feel like you try to, in, emulate as much of yourself into your presenting or is it still a little bit of a like you consider it a little bit like acting I would yeah definitely (laughs) pull myself into it because I think that's what makes you unique because you're a different presenting style from someone else unless it's something very specific like news where you really do have to tone it down a little bit yeah like you can't joke about things that are really like hurtful so I guess you've got to be very deadpan but I don't know. News would be way too serious for me, but I'd like to do something presenting where I could put my personality Did, into Didn't it. you play a news presenter on a short film though? Um, I, it was in a TV show. Oh, um, was it? Yeah, oh, okay. it was in a TV show. Yeah. How was that? Like, after, yeah. <laughs> like how was that after traffic? I was traffic nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like I was nervous going in. I was like, oh, this is weird. But you kind of just, that was more of a news thing. And like hmm. someone had been killed and I had to obviously be really serious about it. So you channel your inner news reader when it comes to that. <laughs> what does so, that mean? I don't I know. know. <laughs> you channel your inner news reader. I think it's like, it's, it's funny because, you know, you're such a comedic person, which is kind of like, because you're so joking around. Is that part of like, is comedy also something you want to kind of like step into because you're very much like positive energy, joking kind of like, um, elements or is it kind of like you like those serious roles because they <laughs> they take you out of your comfort zone you're like i can do this i'm, I'm serious yeah. uh i it i think it definitely does push me out of my comfort zone because i'm not usually majority of people who know me know that i'm not serious day to day like i can be but majority of the time it's just like having a laugh but then i don't know comedic timing is really difficult and honestly to be a stand-up comedian i would pass out like <laughs> genuinely like standing on a stage waiting for someone to laugh mm. at your jokes i don't think i could do that I, do you find is that an anxiety thing or is it kind of like a, just a complete lack of confidence <laughs> in your humor yeah maybe the second one um, yeah i don't know it just freaks me out oh that's i mean they, it's fun like i i know a lot of stand-up comedians do you do uh, stand-up comedy no i i I'd shit myself. <laughs> I, I know I'm funny, but I don't think I'm that funny. Yeah, like, see, that's the thing. I think that's what it is. Yeah. You kind of, you're funny in everyday life and you just adapt yeah. to situations. But if you have a set yeah, thing yeah, that you're yeah, talking yeah. about and yeah. it doesn't appeal to the audience that you're yeah. working with. I think it's it's very specific. Yeah. Um, I mean, but as a as, as an actor um, and as a female actor, and yeah. um, also we'll raise the actor, uh, you mean the whole aspect of um, as an actor of colour. Does that have a challenge to you? Like, have you encountered roles or like attitudes towards, I guess, your experiences as a woman in the acting world or in the industry as general, like as being a little bit 
like progressive or is it more toxic? Is it like, do, how do you find um, those in your day-to-day life? Because I, I definitely still find people probably like the world is not entirely PC yeah. yet, uh, which I feel is also a negative term to say PC. I feel like it was coined at a, a very odd time. We were trying, you know, because you hear a lot of people go, it's PC, all these people are too, you know, being too PC. And it's like, why is that negative to be correct and not be a, I, I guess, a dick? To, yeah. You know, not be a fuckwit to anyone. Um, yeah. Like, how's that? Um, how do you feel about that on those topics? You can swear, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 Wait, what was your question again? <laughs> Um, I love Rona just looked at me like you swore can you swear <laughs> and I did tell her previously prior to the recording that she could swear so it was like a completely off the fucking record uh, <laughs> fuck uh, yeah there okay you now I feel better now <laughs> you got it out um but no I mean like the straightforward question I guess is um yeah I guess what kind of challenges have you encountered along the way it has gotten better than it was before, but I feel like there's a lot of briefs that go out that I just feel like I don't fit, which kind of limits me in terms of the roles that I can go for, particularly here in Australia. And a lot of the time, um, if there is a brief that does say multicultural of ethnicity or something like that, um, like there's been a couple of ads that I have gone for like that when they've cast it and you see the ad on TV, it's someone completely different. And that's really frustrating to me because I feel like sometimes they just put it out there to make it look like they're doing that, to make it look like they're not excluding anybody, but realistically they know exactly in their mind what they want. So for me, that has been a little bit difficult because there's definitely been roles that I'm like, I could do that, but because I don't fit the brief, I can't. Yeah. So it's restricting in that sense. I mean, that's really frustrating because especially like you see most ads or you see most like commercials, they're very a lot of white people. Yes, definitely. Um, Do you find that there is a, a distinct like, I don't know, animosity are behind like just your day-to-day life as well? Like, or do you think like people, you know, who know you are very accepting of that? Like, you know, because I feel like our generation in particular doesn't give two We hoots. don't care. No, no, yeah, no. We yeah, don't, we, get, we don't fucking care where you come from. It's, you know, it's kind of, but I feel like it's a very older generation. It's almost from that welcome to Australia or the new Australians um, kind of, you know, 1950s vibe. And... There's a lot of like, I, I don't know, in 20, the 2010s, there was probably a lot more racial prejudice against like the Serbian culture and, you yeah. know, the, um, and just like the whole, I want to say probably just unnecessary amount of racism. Yeah. Um, did you, do you feel like that's still kind of like you encounter today or do you feel you've been quite lucky to avoid most of that I feel like I've been quite lucky to avoid most of that to be honest and I don't know if it's because of how I hold myself and how I am as a person I'm not sure who I surround myself with but majority of the time I don't really get any sort of negative energy towards people in that sense if anything it's like oh you're different uh let's chat about (laughs) it like people it draws attention I think sometimes because um, I mean, obviously you can't see me, but I'm quite like a tall person. You are very I've tall. I've got dark features, like very like striking features on my face. I'm not the average looking person, I guess. So um, a lot of people find that interesting. Um, but in the, in terms of the acting industry, sometimes they just want basic plain looking people. Yeah. And that's something I, that I, I don't fit into. I, we, and I think it's also like, um, you know, you're, you're very much like, you've got a huge social media presence. 
on your Instagram, which is very like, oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what uh, do you mean? <laughs> what are you saying about my social media <laughs> presence? Um, but you do. Like you're very active on social media versus yeah. a lot of, you know, some actors and some people I think don't. Like yeah. they're not very active. Like um, I think you and I have probably been trained to be quite active on social media because it Our gets a lot of, as well. yeah, like gets a lot of media presence. You yep. get a lot of people going, oh, I really like, you know, your style or your look. Um, but in, in saying that, like there, it probably comes like, I know it comes at a negative as well. Yeah. Like having such a social media presence, do you feel like that loses a little bit of individualism? Like, you know, you're presenting that, you know, it goes back to that question of like, which real version of Marina do we see? Yeah. Um, cause I know what I post sometimes on social media and stuff isn't entirely every thought that I'll ever have. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that I keep away from that because, day-to-day life is you know so mundane um but you know do you feel the same like with your kind of like what you are you quite picky with what you choose to post um post, post? post? are you quite sorry what you choose to post out on that topic martin um, um, what i wanted to say yeah. um hmm yes and no obviously i I am who I am. I'm not uh, apologetic about it. I'm, I feel like I try to do the best possible way to justify who I am to everyone on my social media, because what's the point of following someone if you're just going to be like everybody else, I guess. Um, but you do have to be careful because if people do start to recognize you, you get a bit of a following and people are watching what you're doing. You can't just be, you can't just be a dickhead (laughs) and like doing really stupid things and you know, but also that's not who I am anyway. So I would never really get myself stuck in those situations. No, she's, but... a, she's a really horrible person. <laughs> You're hearing fucking I hate it. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I feel, I feel it's quite fortunate in, in that because, you know, your social media presence, you know, having known you for, you know, this is the first time we've actually, I would like to point out, this is the first time <laughs> Marina and I have seen each other physically in person, which is so funny because we've known each other for quite three, a while. Four years. Yeah, I've four years. Worked... But um but we've probably known each other more properly this year. Uh, yeah. this last year. But we knew all of each other. Through all of the banter we knew <laughs> each other over the phone. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um so for for our jobs we call each other. And that is like yeah. just for a couple of hours it's just banter between us. Yeah. Um well she's trying to be serious in between like what? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, I gotta just like we're, we're I'm all, doing things, hold on. <laughs> so are we saying about that? Yeah, yeah. And then we'll have like this great banter and then all I hear is just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like in drama, between drama, <laughs> drama points. But yeah. um, I mean, in saying in saying that, like, you know, the funny thing is, through all our social media and everything, it does it does feel like you know we're very genuine people on social media. We're yeah. Like it's very clearly transparent. Yes. Who yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, but for some people, uh, it's definitely not. Like yeah, I've met no. so many people who are nothing like they are. Um. <laughs> on paper and yeah. i think that's um that is a part of our industry as well because yeah. some people are very private i get that you know be private as you want but don't be an ass yeah like yeah we work with so many different people on a regular basis and i i, I basically put people into you're either a nice you know a nice person or you're a complete fuckwit yeah and get the fuck out of my face yeah and there are a lot of people in the industry who are complete fuckwits um and i think that comes with a lot of toxic culture um yeah like, I, I, I've i definitely been on set and a couple of times in um, photo shoots and stuff where I had one audition where an actor came in 
and was completely like not interested in the role. And I was like, why are you here? Mm. You come to an audition to have a, you know, and she was completely like just did not want to be there. I was like, what? Were you surprised? Like, yeah. What were you expecting? Was that the attitude she was approaching with the character? Yeah, like, like I what don't was know. The vibe? Um, and I feel like, you know, th- we all have this ex- also expectation of what our industry is going to be like. Yeah. And I think it is like hard work, yes, mm. you know, do 110%, but don't kill yourself. Mm. Like, our industry is filled with mental health issues and you know problems do you think you've encountered that or like where you've had like slumps and you know like how how has you know the industry I guess affected your mental health and capacity I guess everyone goes through different things I find myself I'm quite a positive person and I try to see every lesson that I can from all the bad things but it definitely does um sometimes it gets personal depending on what it is but again with auditions 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 and you're getting knocked back every time sometimes you do have that negative impact where you don't feel like you're good enough or I feel like I am too ethnic or I feel like I'm too tall I'm I'm not skinny enough like there's so many things like that that you know get portrayed through the acting industry you've got to look a certain way be a certain way and that can sometimes get you down. And that's why social media is honestly can be awful because you're comparing yourself to so many different people constantly. And, yeah. you know, everyone's posting their best life on social media. I got this role, I got that role. And then you're like, oh, well, I didn't, I haven't. Or, you know, that can get you down. And a lot of people seek validation through social media as well. Like how many likes they get and how many follows and yeah. things like that. And if they don't get that, their mental health's like, but. I think there's. There is a kind of like social media presence where you do have to be a fit type. You do yeah. have to, like, you know, uh, the reason it's be skinny, it's be, you know, fit, especially for girls. Yeah. It's such a weird, toxic um, and this, a- atmosphere. Yeah. And this day and age, especially with all the procedures people are getting done as well, like yeah. there's a standard. I-, I feel sorry for young girls. Um, growing up in this industry because there's a standard that you're supposed to look a certain way and people are you know shoving injections left right and center and like I'm not against it like do whatever you want to do to make yourself feel better that's totally fine but you know there is a standard that's been put out there for people that if you don't reach that are you good enough do you look good enough and I think and I think the thing is like you know the problem you know and it's awful to say this but you know the probably the reason that most people don't cast you know, certain natural looking people is because they look too natural. Like, yeah. and it's not this high level expectation. I think the thing that, you know, you know, if people like look at us, we look very natural. Like there's nothing yeah. artificial about us. Yeah. Um, you know, we're both, you, you know, you're quite athletic and yep. fit. Um, but that shows also on your social media presence. You're not about like, I'm going to change my look to kind of fit these. Cause there's an, you know, as creators, we also do that to a certain extent. Like we will change our looks kind of style wise for roles, but we're not going to like completely redefine everything, like get Botox or something like it's it's, like, I feel like, you know, watching, uh, you know, they're watching those like super ripped people who, who have modified their bodies to be a certain way. I'm like, that's almost killing them as well just yeah. to kind of look like a certain way like definitely um, i agree with you have you have you felt yourself quite fortunate with like not having any issues like um have you ever encountered like any um issues i guess with 
any disorders or anything like that growing up? I know that might be a bit of a turf. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I've been really fortunate to not have had any issues like that. I feel like I've been brought up in a really supportive family. I've had a really great support ne- network in terms of friends, family, everyone around yeah. me. Um, and that's built my mindset to be quite strong. Like I feel like I'm quite tough skin, which is good for this industry. Yeah. Um, I did have my first interesting experience where I recently got papped, paparazzied. Oh, oh, oh yeah. is that the, the is that was the the thing on the Instagram? <laughs> yeah. So it's obviously someone followed me and took some photos of me. Don't know why. It was a bit random, but um, I did laugh at the fact that it was just like the <laughs> it's just mo- me aggressively applying <laughs> sunscreen and like eating a burger. I'm I know. Like, it That's was like, me. <laughs> it was not even flattering, but no, no, it was not. And like with that it just shows that in this industry, you really need to be sure of yourself because people yeah. are going to come in and say things that are nasty and, you know, put you down trolls on the internet, things like that. Again, social media mm. for me, the first time that that happened, I think daily mail wrote an article about me, maybe like a couple months ago. And like, there was some really nice comments and then there was just some really like harsh things that people wrote on there. And I'm like, wow. you don't even know me. And, and for me mentally, I was like, Oh my God, like, I feel like I'm a nice person. Like, why are people responding like this? Or, you know, just saying blatantly nasty things like big nose or like just things like that where you're like, wow, okay. They're like scaling you from one to 10. And like, for me, mentally, you need to be strong with that because those people are going to be there left, right and center in this industry, no matter what you do. And the bigger you get, the more and more they come. So that was my first like real big thing where I was like, oh my God, actually like, People are really nasty. (laughs) Yeah, like borderline online bullying. Like that's fucked. Yeah, I I, honestly was not nice to read. But then obviously there's the nice things, and you know you've just kind of got to weigh it up of whose opinion really does matter to you. I guess. I mean, I you know the. I think there's kind of like that, you know, it's fine when your friends josh around about yeah. your appearance. When I banter with you and when I banter with um, Alex, who you work with as well, yeah. um, we tend to make fun of, like, <laughs> everyone's appearance. He makes fun of my broad shoulders. Yeah, your broad shoulders. <laughs> I'm like, what's it going to do with me? And he's got a really long torso. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I think it's like, I, I've missed his voice. but um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But mostly for the fact that he's he's just now in a good position in, in his career, which is actually very very good for him. But yeah. I mean, um, so funny that you mentioned that because that is such a toxic like attitude. And I feel like because you know you do presenting and you do that, they're gonna go after how you look. And, yeah, you of know, course. And that's fucked. Like. Um, it's not nice. And then again, that's probably why people get procedures because, you know, someone takes a stab at my nose like a hundred times and I go, well, stuff it. I'm going to yeah. actually go and get a nose job. Not that I'm going to. <laughs> my nose is the way it is, guys. Just letting you know, yeah. it's staying there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the people are just, yeah. they don't realize the impact of their words to other people. Yeah, if, It's like the age old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it. It's so unnecessary. And who is that person sitting behind their computer like typing? Like, what are you doing with your life? I don't even know who you are. You've never even met me. Like, how can you just put that, like, down on... Yeah, 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 100%. And I think... I think it just... It's our... It's not just our generation. There is just a culture in general of, like, uh, you know, almost like they can't do anything because I'm behind that desk. I'm behind that screen. So they can't, you know, 
do anything about this negative opinion other than block them. And everything's subjective as well. Like you can't judge someone on appearance or beauty or yeah. their personality or because sometimes you're just not someone's cup of tea in general. Like, you know, when you meet people and you're like, yeah, they seem nice, but I don't know. I wouldn't hang out with them for a really long period of time. It's just like a vibe. It's just like, a yeah, thing. it's not necessary to be like, well, it's probably cause she's a bitch. Or she's <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? I, it's, it's definitely like, um, I find the, the thing I've been quite fortunate about in the industry is meeting yeah. a lot of creatives who are so nice and oh genuine, my gosh, yeah. um, and genuine as people. And, uh, I, think, I love that because yeah. our industry especially has like this view. Everyone's like, oh, what's it like working in the creative industry? Like I hear people are dickheads and yeah. are assholes and everyone's just like a bitch. And I'm just like, uh, not everyone. Yeah. But there are there, a there, lot there, of people. There, there, there are a lot, lot of people. Of, um, <laughs> but I mean, like the, because um, I've been, you know, like in between full-time work and everything, I've been doing like short films and stuff out, yeah. outside of work. I've been quite fortunate. I, see that. I know. Marina, Marina, Marina watches a lot of things that I do. Um, and <laughs> I'm then, obsessed with you, Mark. I know. Um, but then but then we're also so, bi- so busy that we just don't <laughs> see each other. Um, and I've often said to Marina, come on board, do something with me. But uh, like it's just schedules because she works. Monday to Friday. Yeah. It's just like crazy split shift. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in saying that, that it's been quite fortunate because for me, I've always had like, you know, people saying that's a really good idea yeah. and people generally bounce off ideas. I feel like it's a very independent industry. And I was talking to a couple of people on the podcast about like that low budget mm. vibe generally is a lot of nice people because there's no the higher up is on set yeah so the director is basically the higher up yeah and the highest of the chain whereas you work for a major company or anything the higher up is not your manager yeah the higher up is someone like way 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 up up there and who has the final say so do you prefer the the smaller stuff or the bigger stuff as an actor or as a creative like i mean obviously the biggest stuff is great as well for your portfolio and building a profile and stuff like that but like you said when you go on bigger sets you come up against so many more people that are involved in general number one and so many different hierarchies and power power plays I guess um other actors as well that come on that think they're god's gift to this earth um you know they don't want to talk to you unless it's time to be on set I find people in lower budget things are more grateful obviously because they're starting out and it's they're just happy to be there and that's a nicer environment to be around. But you, in saying that yeah. you can find nice people anywhere, really. Do you, do you prefer going to low budget sets then in that regard? Like, or do you, you know, it's kind of that day, um, you know, that split idea of like, I'd love to be paid, but I'd also yeah. love the experience <laughs> of yeah. having a nice day. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're like not being paid or yeah. very, very minimal. Obviously you can't live your life without getting paid, but um, yeah, it, it it they both have their yes and no's i think yeah is yeah. it is it for you like uh, i know a lot of people answer is it for you there's two ways you can look about it which is working with people you want to work with yes it yeah. might be unpaid but you get to work with people when you can like it's slot yeah. you into your chaos schedule yeah. like we're doing this and yeah. this is like slot us into our chaos yeah. schedule um, where's my money yeah. no, no. <laughs> here's your money now <laughs> coffee in the face <laughs> um no do you find that the case when you like because you know i think the the industry like you have an agent yeah do, how many like do you prefer working on like unpaid gigs or paid gigs depending on what the content is yeah because i find 
I find the content of unpaid gigs sometimes way better than the content of paid. Yeah, no, definitely. And and that also broadens you as an actor and it gets you to experience things that obviously you wouldn't if you didn't get that role. So in that in that sense, I'm very grateful when those roles come up. And obviously in the creative industry, staying creative in any way that you can, sometimes when there is a bit of a lull in the industry, you've got to do it. So yeah. Because if you don't act for ages and you've got to get back into it, you've got to stay warm. And also creating things amongst other creatives just creates more opportunity and gives everyone a chance to have more of a go. And you never know where it's going to come from. Like if you do a low budget film, but there's things that you can submit it to, you never know what it will become if you yeah. do that. So it's all about, I don't know, like the right <laughs> opportunity. Do you, do you feel like you're creating yourself opportunities nowadays? Or do you, do you, have you reached a point where it's like, Either opportunities are falling into your lap or you're creating the opportunities for yourself. I'm definitely still creating the opportunities. I don't think I'm at a point where they're all just falling into my lap. Like, <laughs> I mean, having an agent is really helpful, obviously. Yeah, when because, did you get an agent? Um, well, I've had an agent for a really long time, but I've always been shifting through different agents just to find the right one. And my current agent at the moment, she's absolutely amazing. And um, I think I found the right fit. So I'm That's happy. Good. I've been with her for like maybe like four or five months now. Oh, wow. Okay. So not very long. No, it's still reasonably new, but she's been getting me so many more jobs. It's just like having an idea with your agent about what you want to become and what you want to do, who you are as a person, and then they work with you to get to that level. I mean, like you you mentioned prior to the, us recording, you were doing like um, a whole bunch more courses as well. Like yeah. you're doing an American accent course. And I think that was that encouragement from her or was that encouragement from yourself? Like... A bit of both. She was saying, finesse, why you have the time, finesse everything that you can. Yeah. And um, she also told me that a lot of overseas things are being filmed here. Yes. Um, so that having an American accent up my sleeve is very helpful. And that's always something I've wanted to do too. But the uh, other classes that I'm doing are screen acting classes, which I've done on my own accord just to stay warm, basically. Yeah. So you get a script once a week, you go in front of a camera, you perform it, you talk about what's good, what's not, you watch yourself, you learn from what you can improve on and then that's it. Do you feel with like screen and theater, like yeah. what do you, you know, because you've done presenting, you've done a bit of um, film, like theater and voice acting, is that something also you want to get into? Like, is that, or is that like theater something you dread? Because <laughs> I know a lot of like, you know, when you're a screen actor, like yeah. sometimes the idea of going to theater is like, oh God, this could like make or break me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you one of those people who prefers like film over theatre or um, or did you start in theatre and end up in film? Well, when I first started acting, I think everyone starts in theatre. Well, most people start in theatre if they're training because you do all your little plays in your, your yeah. acting school and yeah. all that sort of <laughs> stuff. So you, you do start there, but I definitely shifted really quickly over to film and I don't, not that I would say no to a really good theatre gig. I would not say no, but... I definitely love film a lot more. Is that because it's all in like pieces? Like it's, you know, you're able to perfect a performance in say a scene and, and have like an all day kind of to, you know, get that performance right. Whereas in, you know, in a theater play, you kind of like just go through the scene. You got like, however long that scene's got to last yeah. and then you can't repeat it until the next performance like, <laughs> and do another like, day. Damn it. I want to say that line differently. Like, yeah. You, you're kind of like, you You just have to commit to whatever you're doing. Whereas yeah. in that film, you don't, you can kind of retune and you can re redo. And um, like, is that why you prefer film? Um, I think I prefer film because of what you create at the end of it. Like, all the behind the scenes that go that are involved and the things that 
get put into it to become what it is at the end. Like you kind of only see like fragments of it as you're making it. But then at the end, when you get to watch the whole thing as a whole, I think it's amazing the way that they put it all together. That's an exciting thing about film, I think. Yeah. And scenarios that aren't real, like you can actually create being real <laughs> i'm doing those what do you yeah yeah them? like the, qu- like quotation marks yeah i, I was doing them too when i said yeah, like, I'm like people can't I'll see me that. doing this <laughs> this is a, like for someone who's doing a podcast i have no sense <laughs> i just imagine cameras so many hand movements. Yeah. we're just like sitting like, here yes yeah. we're sitting here and just like watching marina do like so many hand movements <laughs> i'm talking with my hands guys I'm sorry. you do yeah. you're so animated yeah we should really just position cameras uh this is why you're... that's this is why film is also hard it's a challenge because I need to be still. Like yeah. I need to. Um, like, <laughs> don't move. You're such a fidgety person. Yeah. Um, was that all? Like growing up, that must have always been the case. That you yeah. must have been a, like that kid who was, um, so full of energy. Um, are you one of those people who can't also, I guess, find time for themselves? Are you very much like a workaholic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to stay busy. And I just find, not that I can't have my own time because I definitely, you, you need that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. But a lot of the time I'm with friends or I'm working or I'm learning a script or I'm doing a class. I just like to stay busy. Always been like that. Always. <laughs> Which must be a, de- you know, like a detriment. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you're like absolutely tired. Yeah. And you, and you get to move, the end of the week and you you're like, run yourself ragged. Fuck. And you're like, shit. <laughs> Someone's like, do you want to come out tonight? And you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I can, but I can't. I don't yeah. want to. Um, it oh. definitely does run you dry sometimes. Yeah. You definitely need to take your own time mentally, physically, all of that. Because you have to, for your actual like five five days a week job. Yeah. Is it five days a week? Yeah, so, Monday to Friday. Um, you get up sometimes and, Saturday. And sometimes Saturday. <laughs> but so, you mostly get up at 4 a.m. 4.30, yeah. Yeah, 4.30 yeah. in the morning. Um. And for most people, uh, Marina and I both work in uh, interesting shift hours. <laughs> but, but I mean, for most people, there is kind of like this, you know, you're, you say you're working split shifts. Yeah. That, like the whole idea of like, oh, I've only got a few hours like spare or I've only got like, and you fill it up with like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> then back to work. And, and then back to work. But I mean, like there's no time to switch off and, yeah. you know, both you and I are very much those people who don't switch off. We're very workaholics. I, I mean, how do you cope with like the lack of sleep or do you, or are you very good? Are you like really religious about sleep? I take it from your expression. You are not. And you're like, fuck, I woke up and I just want to stay in bed. I was never a morning person. And then and you I had do to become that. a morning person very quickly. Um, it. Yeah, I'm always tired and I just think that it's just a part of my personality now. I just have to run with it because... She looks fresh as a daisy, Oh, the stop it. Bags <laughs> under my eyes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was just like when you wake up and you just suddenly see that... Concealer, concealer, concealer. <laughs> hide it, hide it, hide it. <laughs> it definitely takes its toll. Yeah. Um, I nap a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen Sometimes that. Sometimes I need like 20-minute naps. I'm yeah. like, oh, got to do it. I think it's like your Instagram is full with like times when you're awake yeah <laughs> and then times when you're like and i'm dead to the world like, night guys <laughs> see you later um yeah i mean like how did yeah how do you cope like now <laughs> having to be a morning person and having to be constantly i guess switched on um like how we were speaking about before that it's kind of been part of my nature since forever so i'm so used to it i'm so used to running like that that i don't actually think i know any different to be honest but um 
I don't know. I think when you're really passionate about something and you really love the things that you're doing, that really helps getting up in the morning and knowing that you're doing something for yourself and something that's exciting, especially with the acting side of things. Um, but lots of coffee, lots and <laughs> lots, lots of, of coffee. coffee, just shower and coffee. Left, right, yes. and <laughs> you don't actually, that's probably quite, quite good for your skin. Like, yeah. Uh, coffee scrubs. It's, it's a thing. It is. Yeah. And I mean, like I would shower and coffee. I mean, I'd be so <laughs> caffeinated, but I would do it. Um, I, I feel that with shift work, it's, it's sort of like, because we do it mm. and you will you know you and i discussed this outside of the podcast with yeah. in terms of relationships and dating anyone uh, <laughs> you're just like dear god we're on this topic i've got to go now oh, yeah, yeah. Um, i don't want to talk time's about up. Um, um how do you like because you and i have been in the industry for so long yeah. how it, it it sucks to date yeah. anyone when you're a shift worker, you're either like you're in this weird world where either you're already in a stable relationship for a long time, yeah, and they get it and they understand it, or you're like us too, where you kind of either have met people when you after you've started the industry, yeah, and it either hasn't worked out or they've really not understood what you do, and it's a very odd kind of like how do you how do you find that with like you know the whole dating world and everything like that it's a very in-depth question yeah i did warn you this could be a very (laughs) in-depth that's okay i'm happy to talk about Uh, it it's it's hard i think it's very very difficult um because obviously you have your career that you're always thinking about and that you want to get to um but then when someone else comes into your life you really have to make time for both and sometimes you just got to make sure you have a balance in terms of that but if they're not really understanding and what you do and how you're working it can be hard because especially waking up so early I need to have a routine where I like try to go to bed at least at like 10 o'clock. Oh, I know. And if people are working at like nine o'clock in the morning that I have dated in the past, they're like, oh yeah, stay up. And you want to stay up with them and then like hang out with them. But then you're like, I've got to go to bed. So you have to be strict on your routine and stuff. But majority of the time people have been pretty good about that. But you know, sometimes when you want, like you go on a date after work, you're like tired and you're just like, I can't be bothered. I know. So it's sometimes you don't even go because you're just like, ugh. I know. I just go to bed. <laughs> Which sounds really awful, but it's yeah. Not. It's it's like it's not, and I I definitely know that experience. Like having been on a couple of dates this year, um, mm. but it's definitely like you know meeting people outside the industry. I'm kind of like, oh god, you have yeah. no comprehension of like what I do and why I'm tired, and yeah. you know like. And people love the idea of it. They I do. Think they love the idea of the fact that you're in the industry and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. You're so creative. You must be so fun. You must be full of energy. But then they when meet they, you. then they meet you and then they're like, they start to realize what actually is involved in the industry and how much hard work it is. And it's yeah. not just like la 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 all the time. Like it actually is, it's difficult what we do sometimes. And yeah, when they start to understand that it can be quite difficult. I yeah. Think. I, I think my experience is, with dating have been always with people outside the industry yeah and i've dated like i've dated one person in the industry and that was fine they understood because we were very much like on the same page in terms of um like the work hours and everything so she she worked at the same company that i worked at so it was like that worked out quite well but i definitely know that when I've dated people who have n- never worked in the industry or have done different roles that are shift work, they don't quite understand. What, like, I'm a very introverted person. Funnily, I sound like a very extroverted person. I love my alone <laughs> time. Um, but I think most people who are creatives do. 
Like we yeah. like our little, like, as you say, with a routine, I developed a routine. Like yeah. every time I'm like, okay, well, I've got to get up at this hour. So I've got to get ready to go. So I'll give myself about an hour to get, get um, like 40 minutes to get out the door, but an hour before I start work. So I'm like caffeinated, caffeinated <laughs> on route and arrive at work. But when I've dated people who don't understand that, I'm like, I have to go to bed now. Like nine o'clock is my shut off hour. Yeah. So, or know. even the fact that like I found that, you know, you've have got plans with someone and then out of nowhere your agent calls you and is like, you've got an audition for tomorrow and you need to, you're like, sorry, I can't come because I've got to yeah. prep or I've got to do a self-tape. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And they're like, oh, but we had this plan like yeah. two weeks ago or this is my favorite restaurant or I don't know, whatever it is. And you're like, I've well, got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And it was the same reason, like, uh, this is, this is the, we tried to rearrange the date for recording the podcast because you messaged me like last time. And yeah. was like, oh, there's an audition randomly came out. Um, I have to go and do that. Like, you're going to hate me. And I was like, I don't mind. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't give two fucking hoots. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, like, that is very unique to people who like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you say people get excited about our industry. Yeah. It's not that exciting. It's a lot of arduous, long hours. And a lot of people who end up not jaded but they're very just tired they're constantly yeah. tired so um, push to your limits yeah is a thing as well you know everyone's like a podcast must sound like so much fun work it's not it's very <laughs> educa- it's it's not a lot of fun work it's a lot of like planning and then pre you know ideas so you're but i was you know like explaining to this you know i'd been wanting to do a podcast for Almost two years. Yeah. And I finally got around to doing this one. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. And then I was like, Marina, do you want to come on? Um, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk. Um, but I mean, the, the one thing I'll say to people, creating a podcast is very, a lot of difficult work because yeah. you're kind of like going through the edit, you're listening to everything and you're listening to a lot of what's said and cutting out all the stuff that really kind of is the bits in between. Yeah. But I think it's really fun in a lot of ways because you get a really insightful look into someone's perspective yeah and that's what i hope people get from this podcast yeah but i mean the other side is um because i started this podcast like marina asked me before we started recording why did you start this podcast and a lot of it is to educate people so if if anyone you know um likes listening to podcasts it's generally always about education and what you can learn yeah. and hopefully people will learn a bit more about the people the guests who come on but also a little bit about what goes into our industry and yeah. kind of the hard grueling and it's like, different for everyone yeah. too which is the exciting thing i think yeah because I, th- I i've had a lot of different guests and um i've had more guests sign up so it's it's you know it feels like it's gonna be a huge thing yeah. <laughs> <That's excellent. laughs> yes. um, but i mean like in saying that um you know the the hours that go into me post editing in this and you know yeah. putting it up online and it comes out in january um you know when people finally listen to it, they'll, they'll, you know, like you're always waiting for that audience expectation of what someone thinks, but there has to be a mental capacity in your head, which goes, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me Mm. because if I enjoy listening to this, that's all that matters. Like if you and I enjoy this, we've sold it. Like that's a hundred percent in. Exactly Um, right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people go into these, you know, our industry and our jobs going i have to do it for someone else and that's the wrong approach you've got to always do it for you um and like have you 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 i take it as well do the exact same thing yeah like i don't think i'd be able to survive in the industry if i didn't do it for myself yeah like with all the knockbacks and all the people that you meet and the things that happen the things you have to sacrifice as well um i find that a lot of people think that 
the creative industry is glitz and glamour and flashing lights and this and that like you're on tv oh my god amazing and it is great don't get me wrong I'm so grateful for my job and for any future jobs that I'm going to get obviously that's why I'm in the industry I love it but it's a lot of hard work it really is a lot of hard work people don't realize that because we are we are it's our job to make it look good and it's our job to make it look professional and the same same with this podcast like you'll talk and it it sounds amazing but people don't realize that like you said the prepping the editing everything that goes behind it to make it sound that good yeah but that's our job so if it does sound good we're doing our job yeah and it's sort of um and i mean like there is a you know nothing nothing that is said on this podcast isn't um is fictitious or anything because i i think it's like i like keeping everything transparent yeah if i basically like um i for the people who have already listened, I hate capitalism. I hate like the structure of society. I hate a lot of how we structure our society mm-hmm. around bullshit ideas yep. and bullshit economy. Um, it's very backwards. Yep. It doesn't really work. Um, and I don't like how how many people pretend like our world is great when it's not. Yeah. And I think that it's like there's a lot of bullshit surface level. And the way I see that is like, you know, when you meet people and they go, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? And it's like, I couldn't give two shits about you. Who are you really? Yeah. Are you going to stab me in the back later? Or is this like, is this you it, right yeah. now? Yeah. And I would rather, you know, like I always say to people when you give feedback or anything, be brutally honest. Yeah. Um, so there's like a hundred percent transparency with this. Like there is nothing about me that is presented on the podcast that isn't me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like in saying that, you know, um, I know there are some people who completely are the opposite, like we were saying earlier, where you do have these personalities and stuff. Um, and I feel like our industry is just filled with so many of those personality types. Yeah. As we were saying, the toxic kind of like, um, you know, obviously we, we know a couple of them. <laughs> um, yep. And we know a couple of them. But I mean, like, do you do you feel with like your Facebook and everything as well? Do you have to be very careful about what you say on Facebook? Do you feel like the pressure there because you have so many like, you know, because Facebook's become also this work connection. Like yeah. it's become this very, like I don't post anything about my life on Facebook. I just post photos and creative stuff. Yeah. But I never go, hey, this is like my opinion on like <laughs> Donald Trump. And, you know, the uh, like I, because I only post that in my story. So if someone wants to check that fucking out, go for it. Yeah. But I hate Donald Trump. So <laughs> I think it's a waste of time. Yeah, I know. It's like, we're not pro Trump. Yeah, um, no, not at all. But I mean, there's so many, like so many people are afraid. Like there was a, there was a great thing recently, which I heard, which was, you know, like in the US election, people were saying I'm pro Biden, but they were actually pro Trump, but they didn't want to be like caught. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And I feel like there's a lot of people who bullshit through life. Yeah. To not offend anyone. Yeah. And do you feel like, how do you gauge on genuine people? I guess mm. is kind of like where I'm going with this because, like, you know, our industry is all about like, you know, the the glitz and glamour, as we were saying, how do you kind of gauge who you know in the industry versus like, you know, who you want to stay in contact with and who you know will give you the best opportunity? I feel like you can get a vibe from people. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm reasonably good at reading people and your gut kind of gives you an intuition about a certain person or a vibe about a person where you can't actually understand why you're feeling like that about someone, but there's just something there that's not right. Even if they do present themselves as the most genuine person ever and you're like, I don't know what it is about them that I just can't (laughs) put my finger on. They're so nice, but what is it? 
I just trust my gut intuition when it comes to those things. And especially in people in the industry, sometimes I'll take a seat back and observe and not play all my cards straight away. Just kind of like watch the yeah. situation unfold because most of the time, time always tells the yeah, situation, um, especially if you don't know someone. But then other times you go in head first and someone, you know, fucks you over and you go, well, I'll learn my lesson from that one. You know what I mean? Sorry. <laughs> You're just like, bang, bang I'll learn my lesson that one. <laughs> um, that that's true and like have you had many encounters like people i guess other than the paparazzi (laughs) scenario where people have fucked you over intentionally in you know in auditions or stuff like that in acting gigs no not really nothing major but there's definitely you can tell when there's a rivalry with someone when it's when it is coming to job opportunities and people saying different things and doing different things just to undercut you a little bit but people are smart about it they don't do it very obviously but you can tell what yeah. they're trying to do, or there's a bit of a tension or, you know, I, I see as well, like if I am successful in something or I do get a role, a lot of people who I thought would be really loud about it and really excited for me are very quiet. Yeah. And to me that tells me, okay, well, there's a bit of, there's a bit of funny business going on there. They're a bit unhappy. Like if they're in the same industry as me yeah. and they see that and they go, they don't say anything. Like I'll congratulate them for something they get, but they won't say a word when anything happens to me. Yeah. And it's things like that that if you're just really aware and open about it, you can kind of gauge those kinds of people. Like that person in particular, I'd be like, yep, you're a friend, but I'll keep you at a distance just because I know that you're not entirely happy for me and my achievements. But there's nothing yeah. I can do about it. If that's the way they want to be, then... I think it's it's a very ego-driven yeah. thing. It sucks, though, because I feel like the more and more we support each other, the more and more roles there is for everyone. Like, we 100%. create more things here when we do that. 100%. And I feel like we we limit our, um, our as you're saying, our capacity to kind of, like... There's, it's so funny because I, I feel like I stripped away my ego quite a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I hit a point... Why I used to think, oh God, you know, this person's rubbish and this person's rubbish. They're not. None yeah. of these people were bad. They were very good at what they did. Yeah. And it took me a while to learn that because, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you think you're the best at everything and then suddenly you realize you're not. Yeah. Um, but I got into this stage where it's like everything is hard work. And as long as you, you know, as I was saying, as long as you're not bullshit, don't be an ass on set. And and no rivalries. Like there's no point because everyone's there to do a job. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So I met and like I think no matter what your role is, um, you know, it's like that whole thing of like I'm the actor and I have to come on set and I'm the best thing that's. Th-. And I'm like, there's a camera operator over there who's also doing the exact amount of work that you're doing. You're just learning a script. Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't make you better than them having to look at a shot list and make sure they get all the shots that are required. And yeah. I think there's a whole. It's not just actors who do that. Like, an ego goes around in many different departments. Yeah. But I, I definitely feel like the, the that on a you know, that ego driven stuff needs to go away Yeah, because 100%. we're all there. We're all there to do a job. And, um, and you don't make the experience pleasant for anyone when you no. bring your ego with you. And a lot of actors, when they don't get it right, they start yelling, they, they, this, they're that. And it's just like, it's not fun for anybody. No, you don't. And there's no need to be nasty. There's no need to be nasty about anything. Unless someone's obviously like being rude and then you're like, okay, calm down. But like, I, I don't, I don't understand ego. Like I really don't get it. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I feel like we're in a we're in a very fortunate position. Um, probably having that, you know, life experiences. We're doing different roles other than the roles we kind of immediately set out to do as well. Yeah. Um, because we've done different roles in the industry, 
and that then creates you to have a very different mindset yeah. of someone who, let's say, stuck to acting and only did acting or stuck to, um, you know, being this, uh, you know, a PA and stuck to being a PA. Because, you know, when you've had different roles throughout the industry, I think it makes you really appreciate everyone in what they do. Yeah. Um, like, I remember... I used to do editing. So when I when I stopped being an actor, I did editing. Um, and uh, I edited a short film that took me nine months to do. It was a 20-minute short film, nine wow. months. I hated it. It was worth, like, it wasn't It wasn't the fact that it was, like, it was just the fact that the, the director lived in Brazil. Yeah. And I had to hire, you know, he had to move there back because his visa expired. And so he had to move back. He lived there all his life. And I was sending him high-res files. To kind oh of like, <laughs> so it was like the, the gigabytes were just going insane on Google Drive. But I remember um, uh, when I got all the, f- the film done a year later, I remember I had probably like one of the most depressive times um, of that year. And I wrote him an email and said, I just basically, like, I basically dropped off the face of the planet for two months. And he was like, oh, you know, what happened? Not, and I don't think it really clicked to him at the time how like much he was asking me because it was free of charge yeah but it was so much of my time like nine months is a long time to edit a film yeah and i think when you're doing something free of charge for a couple of months as an editing that's fine i can understand you that. can do with that yeah but but nine months of like your life in between full-time work and everything that's a huge ask and that's why i said to anyone it's like you know i will say oh it's a day shoot it's free of charge but you know like do you want to come and do your set i never ask people for more than I think a couple of days, three days yeah. max, because then it's otherwise not worth their time. Yeah. Because there's that whole sense of like, you know, they could get paid elsewhere. Um, and I feel like that, you know, those create negative experiences for people or yeah. they create a very dark look at the industry. And I don't, I definitely know friends who go, oh, I don't have the money. I'm like, okay, then don't make it. Like just hold off until you do have the money. Um, but th- there's this sort of like urge in our industry especially, to kind of prove yourself. Yeah. Um, and I hate that. I hate that it's always like, you know, you you need to prove yourself to you, as we yeah. keep saying. But people feel like this urge to prove your, themselves. And that's why, like, I think actors, you know, say that, you know, do you feel like you've made it? You know, this is a question. So I, <laughs> this is like, I know we've, we're both quite young, but this, yeah. this goes into um, the idea of, like, do you feel like you've already kind of hit a good point in your career versus always being like, Oh, I'm down here and I haven't achieved what I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like, um, your goal, your goal is like a more realistic goal. And it's just always that little bit step up as you go along. So you're always trying to like maintain because some people's goals are like, yeah, uh, you know, miles ahead and they want, you know, they reach a certain age and they go, why haven't I achieved this thing? It's like, because the opportunity hasn't come along like that's fine um do you feel like that's the same with you or do you feel like you're in that other bracket where you feel like you've achieved quite a lot for your age um I definitely feel like I've done enough for someone of my <laughs> you've age done, you've done enough you're um, retiring now that's it she's done. done no for me I have huge dreams huge aspirations and huge places I want to be and it's always just me making a stepping stone towards working towards that. And I I set myself mini goals throughout the year and stuff like that to make sure that I'm constantly achieving something and getting towards where I want to be. But for me, it's at this age, like I, there's so many things I want to do. So it's hard to say that 
because I feel like I'm always going to want something more. I'm always yeah. going to want to improve. I'm always going to want to do better, even if I get to where I am. But I am, I am happy with where I am, and I think I've done all the right things. And <laughs> I'd love to be in a movie. That's like one big goal of mine. That I'd love to be like a, at least like a, a main or a supporting role, like a decent, decent size role. chunk. Yeah, decent size chunk in a movie. That's like pretty big. I think that would be so exciting. Like, or even a TV series, something like that. Um, those that's the acting wise yeah presenting i mean a, a, sh- a fun show that i can <laughs> have a constant gig on that would be yeah great. and i think they're realistic goals for me in terms of where i'm at at the moment like i'm in the industry i'm and like i'm building a profile for myself so i'm hoping that that's something that will happen in the near future i mean it's interesting that you say like support because i'd love to kind of i think see you in a um uh, like a film as yeah. a main character i think that would be so cool oh, it'd be amazing. Like, i would die <laughs> i would be like oh marina's in a film i'm yeah. gonna go and see it but i remember i think with those kind of goals they're very realistic like you know people have these sort of like i want to make a feature film and stuff like that i think um the uh, you know with acting stuff like there's a lot of like independent stuff australia is not the best like I talk about this industry because because our government does not support our industry very much. Like, uh, yeah, with, not as much as other places. Yeah, and I feel like it's um, the liberal government in particular has cut fundings to a lot of like um, one of the, one of our biggest um, media corporations is the ABC, yeah. and they got a lot of budget cuts because of the liberal government. And it's a, such Love a that for us. I know, mm. and it's such a shame because the ABC and um, is a very like. One of the one of the staples of Australia because it has a lot of um, international relationships with like BBC and you know all that, but most other stations do. Like you know, all the stations in Australia have at least affiliates elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like cutting funding because the ABC was a government-run thing is very different because all the other ones are commercial-based. Like yeah. they run off the the companies run off commercials um, and making profit off those commercials. And it's a joint venture kind of thing. But in saying that there is no support for our industry at the moment, which is a shame because it's really where we get all our entertainment. But you watch Netflix and you watch anything. And a lot of the, like, it's like what I was saying to you before, there's a lot of white actors. Mm. There's not a lot of actors of color. And I think as lead roles, like having someone you know, of Serbian descent as a main character in a film would really diverse, um, make Australia very diverse. Yeah. But it's, it's bullshit because it doesn't happen enough. And I find especially with ethnicity, a lot of the ethnic roles are targeted for people who are like the bad guy coming yeah. into a show or like things like that where it's like, well, why can't you put, yeah, why can't I play the leading person? Because I'm of a woman of color. Like, it would be amazing to see, but I have to say Australia is getting better. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more stuff being filmed, particularly in the coming years, especially with now, because Corona kind of stopped everything a little bit. Mm. Soz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it stopped everything. But um, yeah, I definitely think now it's slowly coming back. And I like, I've had a chat with my agent about it and there's a lot more auditions coming through and even big major films being filmed here. Yeah. Like we've got, in, yeah. um, we've quite fortunately, I think Taika Waititi, is a huge like yeah. lover of Australia um, yeah, and of New course. Zealand, and he and Chris Hemsworth is like now the you know him and Margot Robbie are two of the biggest like celebrities, um, Australian celebrities. It used to be Jeffrey Rush and Hugo Weaving. Now it's kind of yeah. like you know gone into a different generation. But they really kind of try and make as much stuff as 
here. Chris Hemsworth likes bringing all the productions that he can yeah. to Australia. So I think it's like up in Queensland. But I mean, you and know, same with um, I think Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and, she's um, just, um, what's his name Russell Crowe. Yes, I've recently heard him in an interview where he was talking about them potentially making something together here in Australia as well. I find it so funny that Russell Crowe is New Zealander, but we've adopted him in Australia. Is he really? Is See, he's I a... didn't even know that. Yes. <laughs> he was born in New bloody Zealand. Russell. Yeah, bloody, bloody, bloody what are you doing? <laughs> oh, you're drunk. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, like, in saying that, there, you know, that, like, we, there have been some really good Australian content and yeah. really good Australian mm. TV shows. A lot of them are set in the bush, though. I love which, because it's like Australia's Australia always Australia back. Get yeah, Australia. <laughs> and I mean, like, I would love to see more shows set in the CBDs, like yeah. Melbourne or Sydney or Adelaide, like where it is a city vibe. Yeah, because a lot of our culture comes from like that diversity. Um, you know, our outer suburbs. Like it's weird. I love it. The thing I love about Sydney is you can go to almost any suburb and there's like, like something a, different. There's something different. There's yeah. something little <laughs> culture, and you're like, yes, this is what I wanted. Um. Obviously, coronavirus really <laughs> fucked really that one up. That, yeah. um, but I mean, like, if you go out to Parramatta and everything and out west, there are some great, like, Indian restaurants and great um, uh, Lebanese restaurants and everything. So I used to love going out there and eating, yeah. eating that um, kind of food. And there's also a lot of that in Newtown, like, um, which is where I live nearby. Please don't stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> um, His address is... is and- <laughs> um, but I mean, like, it's quite, it's quite fortunate in, in that regard because... You know, Australia is very multicultural, but we don't often see it in in TV, which is why mm. I was saying, like, I know you're saying, like, we are changing and we are developing. Um, but, I mean, it would be a real break if it was, like, you know, as I said, someone of Serbian descent or someone of, like, you know, um, a different kind of descent, like, you know, a, a Japanese descent or a Chinese descent on screen in an Australian show. Yeah. And I think there was a couple of, like, there was one recently um, that was on SBS. Yeah, that was about an Australian comedian um, and uh, book writer who literally was about him coming out yeah. as a kid, and it was about his young experience coming from an Asian family and coming out. And I thought that's great. Like that's content we need. Yeah, 100%. because it's really like different. It's not just about a white you know guy yeah. coming out again. But um, I think it would really break. A lot of like genres, like especially if you were in like Jurassic Park. I mean, would you play Laura D- um, Laura Dern's character of like the scientific um, scientist love interest? Is that what you were? Yes, implying? yes, Is that I who would. Because I was like, hmm. <laughs> when you went to that at the beginning, I was like, mm, I bet that's who you were implying. <laughs> like, yeah. What is it? Just like the science characters as well that you kind of like. Or is it the fact that it's just a very strong female? Like it's like Sigourney Weaver in Alien or Yeah, I I feel like. Because of my stature, my look, and I guess how I come across sometimes. Very that, tough. Very uh, tough. <laughs> Which, um, you, like you, even the athletic sort of build, I think that kind of pushes me in more stronger women roles, if that makes yeah. sense. Like a Katniss or something or um, in Hunger Games or even oh, yes. like some sort of like Avenger, like a superhero of some sort. I, I, I Like that sort of stuff. I would love to see you as a superhero. I, oh, think, I, I think the best thing, I read an article a few months back. They've finally written for Marvel Aboriginal superhero. I oh, was wow. like, I was like, yes, give that's it to amazing. me. Like, that's yeah. so cool. Um, Are they writing a Serbian one? Or? I hope so. I don't know. Like, let's find out. But, um, I mean, in saying that, like, you know, I, I think, you know, horror, horror was the defining thing for, you know, I think. I would love to do horror. Uh, horror is it like. That would be fun. I think you'd be really good at horror. Um, and 
there's like I think being that strong like Sigourney Weaver type of characters yeah you know she really set a staple for for women back in the 70s like this was 1979 and before then there was a couple of like the women were generally classed as like the love interest and stuff like that so it's really interesting that you know like the characters that you want to play tend to not be the love interest they tend to be very independent which is very you yeah I was gonna say it's definitely me (laughs) you're just like oh look at me I'm great (laughs) But I mean, like the fact that you're so like athletic and, you know, there's a lot of characters that you can, you know, because a lot of girls, I, it, it almost feels like you're trying to be also a role model. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you know, look up to you. Is that what you want as well to be like kind of in a way a role model for young girls to kind of feel comfortable about who they are and in their own skin? Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I think you are the best at being you. Like what makes you unique from everyone else is just being who you are as a person. So what's the point of blending in and being everybody else? And that comes with acting roles and stuff as well. I think there's plenty. Yeah. There are the standard like love interests, but I feel like it's more fun to play something a little bit more, you know, stronger, independent, Sigourney Weaver sort of style. Yeah. A little less um, raunchy. It'll yeah. be like, more like stab you, you know, like Lara Croft even like, yeah. Um, see those sort of roles. I love, like I would like, honestly, that would be the best thing to ever happen. If I could ever play yeah. something like that. I think, um, those are the films that I mostly own, like on my DVD shelf as well, <laughs> which tend to be like the, 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 I, the, one of the films I'm really looking forward to is Black Widow. Um, yeah, because, see, again, I would. Yeah. But I love how much um, Scarlett Johansson fought yeah. for that. Yeah, and it was like people were saying back in two thousand eight that they wanted a Black Widow film. Like it was, a, yeah. it was. A, but I think it was also like Halle Berry's Catwoman, which is like yeah. the worst edited film I've ever watched. <laughs> it's so atrocious. But I mean, I like, like um, it was nothing against Halle Berry. Yeah, it was the fact that that film was just executed very poorly and. You know, it was very contentious then to be like, women really shouldn't have their own superhero films. And I think it's like, it's all these stuff ups that have happened throughout the industry. But now that, you know, Gal Gadot's got her own Wonder Woman film, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And I love that film, mostly for the fact that, you know, um, uh, it's directed uh, by Patty Jenkins. Um, and she really fought to st- stick by that. You know. Yeah. I, you know, like female directors are huge now. Like there are so many female cinematographers and female directors. Um, it's really becoming like the forefront is women, which I love. Yeah, that's um, am- and that's amazing. And that's why I think it's, yeah, it is so exciting because it gives people who are younger and as well trying to be a role model for people like that, that you can, like no matter what you look like, no matter who you are as a person, like there is a role out there for you and there is something that you can do. As long as you love it and you're passionate about it, you can literally do whatever you want. Yeah, and I mean. And like, don't let being a woman or any sort of being of color stop you at all. And yeah. in this day and age, it's becoming such a, more of a bigger thing. I I feel like you're also one of those people who kind of like uh, is really kind of just stands your ground with everything that you do. Yeah. Like, um, in terms of like sexism or racism, you could you just immediately stamp it out before yeah. it even gets to the barrier that is Marina. Yeah. Um, and I I get that sometimes like you know that is going to be a challenge for me and people are going to be like no you're not quite right for this or whatever and I get that I respect that it is what it is. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be every single role in the acting industry, but yeah. you, you get stereotyped to certain things. And I think that you try not to take too much offense to it, but try to utilize it as something that can give you a platform to be different to someone else. Yeah. Were your parents quite encouraging when you were like about <laughs> this or what, like, what's their opinion on your like acting? 
Um, <laughs> you're just like <laughs> old school parents. Um, oh, really? Of, of ethnicity is very interesting sometimes because at the beginning, I think they were like, "Oh, Marina's a really like fun and positive kid. Like, let's throw her into some acting classes, see what she, see what she does, enjoy, let her energy out." But I don't think they thought it was gonna stick. Like uh, they thought it was just something I was doing as a child. And then as I got older and I was really telling my parents, this is something that I like acting, presenting the creative industry is re- really where I want to be. They started, it was my dad in particular that was like, oh, you know, just make sure you finish the HSC. Make sure you have a, you know, something behind you just in case. Really? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, And they weren't taking it too seriously in that sense. But then I really had to sit them down and be like, guys, this is what I want to do. They saw my performances. They saw me like constantly doing stuff like that, even as a kid creating things. And then eventually they were like, you know what? Just go and do it. Mm. I, th- I think it was just more so of a parent point of view, just yeah. to be careful, have your options open. Like, because acting industry, you could be working and not get money for ages. It's such yeah. a like high and low sort of industry. There's no consistency unless you do have like a really big profile for yourself. But yeah, at the beginning, it wasn't too crash hot, but they definitely, they're so proud of me and they're so supportive of me now. And it's great. That's great. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, because your parents um, moved here. Like, uh, didn't they? What well, my dad was born here. Oh, but okay. His parents from uh from Serbia. Yeah. And my but my mom moved here when she was I think like twenty one or something like that. That's right. Like, and she yeah. moved from Serbia as well. Yeah. Um. So that's quite young. Yeah. Um. To what was I guess from her perspective as well, like you know, raising two daughters in like was this kind of an opportunity for your parents to be like you know raise you in a different environment or is it just kind of like circumstantial for them as well like yeah because i think well my parents met here in australia oh okay yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't yeah they met i think they i mean that must be so assumed very often yeah. it's like how did your parents meet <laughs> um because you know i think there's a a whole assumption about serbian culture as well yeah how you know and obviously this is like the western world um we all assume that you know dumbly um what do you think i'll ask you this question and take what assumptions you think that people have about serbian people and what is wrong with those assumptions like as a whole they assume we're really fiery that's one thing that really? i always get yeah um well that's not untrue about you yeah i know i'm very passionate i'd yeah I'm, i could be a fiery person um that we hate croatians Really? Is that yeah, a thing? Because they had a war like back in the day. And then, <laughs> it was just last week. Yeah, like. I mean, you know. Um, but that's that's not my generation. Yeah, that's yeah. more um, my parents' generation because their families obviously went through a lot going through that. Yeah. And there are there is a bit of hatred in terms of different um, countries and stuff, but you know, in our generation it's very it's very stamped out very quickly because we're not a part of that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's a hard question. I didn't mean to throw you like the hardest question of the day. <laughs> so weird. I don't know. I don't think there is. I can't think of anything. Like I've never, no one's ever like really looked at me and said, oh, you're a Serbian. Does that mean you're X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Like, that's never really happened. I think that's quite fortunate. Um, yeah. And also like, I'm so, just to put it out there, so grateful that like, the Serbian community is so great. Like as soon as they see a Serbian name, anywhere or on tv or anything like that they're all just like yep she's one of us <laughs> go team go team i know it's yeah um and that's also really kind of like your last name is like oh it's very serbian it's very ivanovic <laughs> ivanovic <laughs> it's so serbian but I, I i love 
uh, watching you say it every like almost every day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Marina Rivarich. <laughs> but I think it's like um, with the oh, you know, it's good to have that cult. Uh, you know that um that culture so like supportive of each other. Yeah, there's no divide in it. Um, especially because you know you get that a sense. You know, not of every culture, but it's yeah. it's definitely um the assumptions of like you know if you grew up in a like a Chinese family, you were kind of like, you know, when I remember growing up, it was assumed that they would, you know, work them hard. The parents would be very demanding of them and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, th- there's weird racial assumptions that I, I think we didn't, you know, it's called, like I say, it's casual racism because you're not entirely unaware of what these worlds are or what yeah. it means to be an individual. Yeah. And kind of like, do, are your parents quite like, um, did they bring a lot of stuff you know, from Serbia over to Australia or is it, is it very much they just kind of adapted to the, I'm going to put this in very big quotation marks, the Australian way, which I think <laughs> is a bullshit title. So um, you know what I mean though, yeah. like when I say the Australian way. Um, they definitely did adapt to certain things. Um, like originally my sister and I didn't have middle names. Really? That's a Serbian thing. But moving here, my parents gave us middle names so we wouldn't feel left out in school, which was really nice. That's <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> Can I just say that's also like ugh, sad, but yeah. <laughs> it's just so sweet. I know. But yeah, like they pretty much like adapted. There's obviously Serbian aspects throughout my life and like religion wise and like tradition wise yeah. that they've brought forth to us because my parents always like never forget where you came from never forget who you are and I'm totally all about that I will never never ever lose that in who I am um and like I said they're all really proud of being of ethnicity that someone's doing something for themselves and everyone supports that it's really really nice that's one thing that I genuinely like you know there's aspects of being ethnic where people are like but then there's so many great things that people are really proud of you and really supportive which is really nice um but yeah my parents super chilled super chilled people um they i guess yeah they've had to adapt you have to adapt yeah because i mean i'm going to like an australian school like i'm going to i think it it was an anglican school oh wow okay yeah back in the day i don't even remember how it's been like eight years since i've been nine nine ten years yeah nearly i think i have one year so i'm like 10 year reunion i i graduated in 2010 so that makes me feel old yeah um (laughs) i think i graduated 2011 yeah 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 Yeah. so we're only a year uh, we're only a year apart but it's sort of like yeah there's a very much a kind of when you hit the 10 year mark you're like oh shit oh it's that time what have i done with my life life. (laughs) (laughs) um that's that's really good though that's such um i guess a very like it's very sweet that your parents try to adapt and everything yeah and i think um the one you know the side of the coin where i don't like the australian way um is that it's kind of it was a very popular thing to conform yeah and it was filled with negative connotations like because you're conforming to the anglo-saxon way was it you know and i feel like that's where you know we were talking about culture and everything that that disappears because my brother studied religion and culture and he he did um he went to iran for a year and a half and taught me so much um like about the iranian culture and you know um he lived in tehran for uh probably a, yeah a year and a half he'd visited a couple of times um but yeah he got a lot of like culture thing i remember saying to people it was like oh he's off to iran and people were like oh is he gonna join isis i was like oh, no wow, that's heavy no like what the fuck are you talking about he's not and they're like 
yeah, but he's going to Iran. I was like, that's a big assumption to yeah. kind of think that, you know, this is this is what that really frustrates me about society sometimes when mm. there's like immediately that assumption about a certain person because one person from that religion or one person from that demographic did something and immediately everyone is categorized in yeah. that. And yeah, I don't think that's very fair. I think it's a, it's a very backwards way. Yeah, it definitely is. It, and I think it's because I drive everything by Don't Judge Books by its cover. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like we were saying at the beginning, the, anyone of any religion or any ethnicity is entitled to their opinions. Don't be a fuckwit. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. It's, and, it's plain and simple. And I feel like we should still be like, you know, we are miles ahead than where we were. But I feel like, you know, um, it's like with the whole idea of like women's rights and everything. Um, there's still like, you know, we have one of my least favorite things. Um, there's two political parties at the moment that, you know, the um, uh, One Nation, I fucking hate. And, you know, like, Pauline Hansen mm. is a oh, very backwards woman. She she's so backwards. But I mean, like, the, the, there was a great, like, there was a great. She just doesn't care. I know she does. I still love the fact that she went to into <laughs> she went to Parliament after she got in. She put on the burqa or like no, it was it. What was she wearing? It wasn't a burqa. It was like a um. She put on the full like was it hijab? Or was it the burqa? I can't. Oh, this is going to sound really politically incorrect right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Yes, I think I know it? what you're talking about, but I don't... Do you remember seeing the thing, though? She well, she walked straight into Parliament. She put it in her bag. So she put this item yeah, in she... her bag, and then she walked into Parliament and then put it on and said that the government allowed someone in. And it could have been a terrorist. I was like, what the fuck wow. are you? Like, yeah, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, yeah. that's... See, that, honestly, things like that, though, absolutely baffle me because I'm like, how are you that crazy to think like that? And how are you that fucked up and thinking that, <laughs> like, that's okay to just I know. walk in? Especially with a woman, like, as a woman of power as well. Like, she is, it's not like she's just hiding under the corner yeah. and no one, no one listens to her or hears from her. Like, how do you just say that openly and think that that's okay? It's it's the same thing as, like, you know, we recently just, in Australia, gave back Uluru to the Aboriginal. Yeah. And that, I have a lot of contention about as well. <laughs> I'm like, why did it take us this fucking long? Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, like, w- tourists are no longer allowed to climb it. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because it now belongs to the Aboriginal land. Um, and also, by people climbing it, they're destroying it. As yeah, well. I know. So it's it's like, just yeah. like, fuck right off. But I remember, like, there was. <laughs> fuck right off. Rock. You gotta just go. Push you off. But I remember, like, there was a great, like, YouTube person I watched. And the at the at there was a couple of panels on television which had just white people talking about this issue. Mm. And I was like, where is the diversity yeah. of actual people who are of Aboriginal descent? talking and of those particular tribes yeah like because that's the thing that people also assume about you know people is there's there were clans and there are tribes and there's everything spread around the whole of the world you might belong to this tribe or you know like but everyone puts like you know the same with aboriginals they put them into into a category there's so many aboriginal languages that are dead now because of white western world yeah and the fact that we you know colonialism was like you have to speak english which is such a like i wish i was more bilingual than i actually yeah, am yeah there's so many like skills that you know i benefit from it so yeah. i mean like in saying that you know, it, it, there are so many people of political power that don't uh, um you know who don't do enough and like um yeah and 
Or don't let anybody else have a say in that sense. Yeah. And like even just going back to how you said that there was um, a panel of white people talking about an Aboriginal um, I- issue with the Uluru thing that happened. But that happened as well. I can't remember what TV show it was, but I remember distinctly someone posting about it. Um, it was it was a feminist topic. It was something about women. And there was literally three white guys <laughs> talking about it. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how do they even have an opinion on that? Like, yeah. I don't understand. I, how- I, <laughs> I think I just like, every time I watch like any you know, the panels with three guys talking about women's problems. I'm like, none of you have ever had a child, like ever given no, birth. How can you talk about that if you haven't? Yeah. Like, I just don't understand um, that. And, and I feel like, you know, just, it baffles me because there's so much like as a, as a guy and there is so much um, that I don't understand yeah. about, you know, um, that will interact, you know, I know that guys suck. Like I was saying to my friend, the, um, guys suck. the guys suck. They, we do. Um, but I, I very much acknowledge that. And, uh, I've sort of made this very much point out, which is like, whether you're, um, uh, gay, straight or bi or whatever, however you identify, yeah. like just, you know, you're going into like, there's, there's, you know, there's this weird kind of like world where we just, we don't understand each other. Everyone's perspective is individual. Yeah. It's like a hundred percent. Your life is your own experience. You're watching it through your television eyes. Yeah. So that is your view. So you will never fully understand like, you know, what I go through, I'll never fully understand what you go yeah, through. Yeah, and but experiences and also a way of upbringing shapes mm. someone completely different to somebody else, which may be yeah. the barrier of understanding someone completely as well. And I think that we, you know, like we try and put everyone into these little uh, boxes where we go, oh, they're like me. They're, you know, 100% we're the same. And it's like, well, you can like the same things, but you might also have very different, like, perspectives and you know all these things like and i feel that's that's the thing we lack is you know um empathy probably a very empathetic um society in a lot of ways but um because you know we were saying about the government and everything i feel like our government is not very empathetic towards the people like we had we had the bushfires and you know we've had a bit of a shit year oh god don't even start me (laughs) um so so you know like we had the bushfires in 2019 like end of 2019 and then we We had a bit of flooding we had a bit of flooding and you know like and then we went straight into coronavirus and then we've had a bit of shit like on and off throughout the year but i mean We've been both fortunate because we've not lost our jobs. No, yeah. We've been very fortunate in that regard. But in terms of a lot of people, they've lost their jobs. And a lot of businesses that were successful, that would have had many much income, mm-hmm. now have shut down. Yeah. Like they would, they were, yeah, and that, and the funny thing is, the rent prices and everything have not dropped. Yeah. Like no, the prices of things are still the same, but the economy is down here. Like, yeah. I literally had this conversation with my housemate recently because she's um, moving back to Perth. Um, she's going to adventure off to London next year. Ooh. Um, and she's was talking about how expensive the flights were. Mm. And even just getting a flight back to Perth. And I, we had this conversation of, you know, we're going through a time where people have literally lost their jobs and they're upping prices yeah. of flights to get somewhere where it's an essential for someone to get home. Like it, it that was crazy. Like I get that the um, airline companies need to keep running and they obviously yeah, need yeah, to yeah. put money up due to that. But it's like, people don't have jobs. And if someone literally needs to get home, how are they going to pay for that if they don't have the money for it? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's, it's- <laughs> Like it's, help a brother out. <laughs> I think it's it's very baffling, and like 
you know, Melbourne had the one of the worst lockdowns um, of Australia, and then South Australia's now gone into its own problems. Um, yeah. And you know, there's there's kind of like this. You know, I know so many people who don't. You know, like I'm not scared of coronavirus. You know, you know as much. I I'm aware of it. I always go into public transport and wear a mask. Like, I, you know, if it's enclosed ventilation area, yeah. I tend to wear a mask because one, I just don't know kind of like yeah. who's not being. It's not even just coronavirus. It's just germs in general. Yeah, like, I know germs in general. People are disgusting. People <laughs> just cough everywhere. They're wiping their hands. Yeah, um, it's gross. yeah, it's it's so gross and like. Uh, in the office at work, we have like anti wipes, and so we yeah, cleanse everything. We have sanitizer. Yeah, no, it's great. That temperature um, thing. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. do you have the temperature yeah. thing? Mm. Mm. Uh, Got to sign in, write our temperature. I, I I do think that Alex would just be like off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you're yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Alex. Uh, just gonna send him bite sized little chunks of it, like us talking and <laughs> shitting on him. <laughs> we hate you, Alex. No, we don't. I can't wait. I can't wait. He's okay. the best. He's so funny. Um. Yeah, there's a very there's a very like interesting way we l- we look at you know social media and like media presence and mm. stuff, and I and I think that you know the representation of like you know uh, our arts industry as a whole yeah really needs more support. It gets a lot of support internally yeah, but it needs ex- su- the support from the government externally yeah. Like it really needs like because you were saying with your friend like you know your flatmate you know the price tickets every year it's like that's nuts yeah it's so fucked up that we're so you know like just scraping the bottom of the barrel at the moment even for middle class you know like we're middle class you know yeah. not upper class rich people but we're definitely of that like comfortable we're wage. a comfortable level yeah exactly. um, but even then it's hard for us sometimes to afford certain things or go oh god it's that kind of like how much is that gonna cost you know like you and i never thought i'd get to this stage like after having a job quite comfortably for quite a few years that i'd get to the stage where i was like oh god the economy is really shit and yeah fuck me um and so you know like some people are now out of work like a lot of freelancers are out of work um and not having any job or any income and a lot of people now who were freelancers are signing up for full-time work. Yeah. To, because we're in jobs they hate. Yeah. Like, um, how do you, like, how do you feel about all this stuff? Like, in, in terms of as a, an artist um, and as a creator, how do you feel about, like, where we're going, I guess, in the, the you know, the economy and what, what I guess where we'll appear in the future? Because I know there's going to be an incline at some point, but when? Oh God. I, yeah, I know. I hope there is some sort of incline because it like, it really, it it's impacted everything and like everything pretty much shut down, obviously Corona, like I get it. I understand, but it doesn't, I don't know how, to, <laughs> sometimes I suck at wording things. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. So do I. It's like, it's why I do a podcast. <laughs> but it, like, I would never do a job that I hate. Yeah. I, I can't do that. I literally, cause I would just make myself unhappy and money isn't everything in life, I think, but like you obviously need it to progress, but <laughs> yeah. Isn't money a wonderful thing? <laughs> isn't capitalism uh, a wonderful thing? Uh, but I think the economy is slowly building though, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, it, hit and miss. It dep- um, I mean, I, f- I feel like it depends what happens with Corona as well, because at yeah. one point we were completely like nothing. We were flatline. Yeah. I mean, the the funny thing is, you know, you, I look at it like the government of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern yeah. is an amazing PM yeah. of New Zealand, but I think they did the lockdown right. They yeah. And I feel like Dan Andrews tried his best 
to do the lockdown right. And yes, it suffered a lot for Melbourne. Yeah. But he was just like, guys, if we don't do this, it's But gonna- didn't they go like double what they were supposed to in terms of lockdown? Yeah, they did. They did. They were they they went strict, real strict lockdown. Yeah. Um, and even then it was kind of like when they released, you know, reduced it, it got bad again. So they went straight back into like really strict again. So it was, it was just such a, a wave. And I know a lot of people in Melbourne and they still have to, for work, wear masks. So yeah. whenever you're near someone, you still have to wear a mask until they know it's safe. Yeah. And I mean, I don't like it when people call this the China virus because it's not, you know, it's it's such an incorrect way of saying it's not China's fault. I think Trump is the uh, yeah. Like, Trump that supporters and just like fuckwits over there. Um, but I mean, with coronavirus, it is it's so interesting that it was one of those sort of like things that came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then really hit hard. And, and I don't we, think people took it very seriously. At the no, they didn't. As well, they're um, like, oh, that's, mm, that's it's like weird. a flu. I knew I didn't. I thought it was yeah. going to be a flu, and I was like, oh, okay. And even like when it started getting quite deep into it, I was like, what? Is, nah, nah, no, that's not a thing. Whatever, guys. Um, but it became a big thing. Yeah, and it then did. um, now it's just like Still a going. massive, massive thing. Um, and I feel like in saying that, it's you know, like with. With it going on now, I feel like the racial prejudice has kind of slowed down. It's like yeah. people stopped calling it stupid names and everything. But I, I definitely feel like, you know, people shouldn't fall into this lax of security because it's, you know what's happened in South Australia, you know, could happen here. And people yeah. need to also like, yeah, it's good to go out and stuff. But I remember talking to people and just been like, oh, I want to, you know, like obviously. Um, people want to go to the movies and go to the beach and everything. And I'm like, yeah, but go in small groups. Or if you know it's less crowded, go to the less crowded places because one, you'll be safer and you'll be at more of a distance from people. And two, you're not going to put as many people at risk. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you and I are quite young and there was a sort of thing of we could be asymptomatic. We could never know um, of anything. But a lot of people also might be asymptomatic. We just don't know. But I feel like with all the people who did unfortunately die of it um some didn't have pre-existing conditions and some did yeah. so it was a very like the, there was no diagnosing this thing uh, um proper like how do we affect ourselves and no one was avoiding it either yeah of any there was age a, there's different yeah yeah and i feel like i feel like now we've got a better understanding of it, but there's still people who are just like and the world's returned to normal like, it hasn't no, stop pretending yeah. it's like this is going to probably be another year of this yeah and I'm, Especially when it comes to things like travel, that's make like that makes it so prominent that you can see that obviously yeah. that's never going to come back to normal until a little while. But even now that it's hitting summer and it's getting hotter, yeah, just like main beaches, like people have no self awareness about that. It's like pack like sardines. Like there was not even a pandemic. There's not even one happening right now. That's how people are literally acting. Yeah, I know. And I feel like. <sighs> Do you, you know, when you go out and um, see friends, like, obviously, like, you've got to sign in. Yeah. You've got to always do that and you've got to check that off. And, I, like, I've been to cafes and stuff and movie cinemas and they always make you sign in. Yeah. And I remember the first time I went back to a cinema, they were, it was, like, one of the most empty cinemas. Oh, yeah. Too. But I loved it. And, like, I sat there. I went to a movie with my mum and... What but did you watch? I, I can't remember what we watched. I can't remember. Well, I've seen a couple of films with my mum now. So yeah. it's, been, it's been great, wholesome things. It's like, I think the thing is she's ha- she has two boys and she says it's like having two daughters because literally like you're not interested in cars. You have no interest in like any of that shit, but you just love movie and art. Like yeah. go for it. I love it. Um, so she, 
she's having the best life. Um, but I feel like with, you know, going out and everything, yeah, it is like sardines, you know, as you say. Everyone's just going and being yeah. like, I can be everywhere. And I'm I've now, like, as a, sad that some of the shops that I loved have now closed permanently. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, you know, I couldn't afford going there anymore because of my own you know, financial situation or anything, yeah. or you couldn't just risk it. Like I cook way more ho- at home now than I ever used to do. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like there's just not the economy to really go out and afford half the stuff. But um, yeah, there's a real sense of like, I think it's either cor- coronavirus has either pulled everyone apart or pushed them together. Closer yeah. Together. And definitely. I feel like the communities now, we're a lot stronger as some people. Like I've got, you know, do you feel the same where you know yeah. people, certain people a lot better than you ever thought you would versus like other friends who like have dissipated and disappeared yeah. into the ether? Like what's your stance on that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think emotionally everyone's like really edgy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Your phone's blowing up. Uh, your phone's going up. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's at a, like I just find everyone's really emotional. So yeah. um. I have gotten to know a lot of people quite closely and having those open conversations with people because they're struggling or because things aren't going the way they are, but everyone's going through it together. So it's yeah. not like you're not an individual being like, Oh, I don't have a job. Like a lot of people are in the same situation. So everyone's kind of coming together and supporting each other, which has been really nice. But then on the same time, there's people that I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen them in a while. And I don't really care to see them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of push that side of things. But yeah, yeah. I, I've, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad of me to say, but definitely like don't because you don't kind of, quote you on that. No, 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 no. I was gonna. <laughs> I yeah, definitely. Yeah, this. I'm just thinking of certain people that I'm like, yeah, didn't really miss you throughout this time. But that's good though. I guess it just shows you who you really do like enjoy hanging around and being around yeah. in the hardest times. So yeah, I mean, I definitely, definitely 100% agree with that. I've definitely found more people. Like, I think there's, like, you know, our industry in particular, like, a lot of my friends are creative. Yeah. Um, but I feel like before coronavirus, mm. um, you know, there was, you know, I talk about transparency and stuff. I feel like it was a lot less transparent. But now I'm very open to a lot of, like, eh, you know, you see what you get, you know. Yeah. Like, who gives two shits at this point? If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. That's how my approach now is. because, And I think it's really helped with the pandemic because – you know, I'm not going to pretend for someone. Yeah. I can't be bothered. And well, it's basically like with the pandemic, everything was wiped. Like the only thing that you had was really like who you were as a person and you have to be okay with that. Like, I, I feel like it's really brought people to self-reflect and be self-aware yeah. about a lot of different things. And at the end of the day, like everything, you couldn't go out, you couldn't like do your favorite things or go and get your facial or whatever it is that you do. It was literally just you and your house. Yeah. And then and the people you live with <laughs> or like the people you're dating, whatever it is, but you really had to become self-aware and you had to be okay with who you were. Or if not, you had to deal with that because I, you had a lot of time to think a lot of you time, I think. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, that makes us more, honest and brutal 100 percent. yeah and there's nothing wrong with that no i i feel like pe- there's a weird thing about brutality which is like you know um people think that being honest is a negative thing no being no. honest like um i think you know uh there's ways but, of going about yeah, being definitely ways. Yeah, there's there's definitely ways. But I feel like, you know, saying, oh, you know, I didn't like that or I liked that or, you know, like 
Um, but just being frank with people, because I mean, like, you know, I will now happily say to friends, oh, I don't think that's a great decision. I don't think that was a good decision for you. Like, yep. I will happily give my two cents. Yeah. Um, I've had friends approach me with scripts and say, oh, what do you think of this idea? And I go, oh, it's okay. I think this could have been better if you fleshed out this. And they go, yeah. And, and depending on who they are, they might go, oh, actually, you know, you're right. Thank you for the input. That's actually really helpful. And other times they might go, oh, you just don't like my idea. Yeah. And it's just like, well, if you don't want if you don't want feedback, then don't ask for it. Exactly. Like, yeah. Don't ask and not expect honest. Yeah. Because what's the point of asking then? <gasps> and if they do say something really nice, even better for you. Yeah. And I feel like um, it's it's taught me, I think, a lot more to not, you know, there's an element of young, you know, young Marty being a bit of like, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah. But now I don't do that bullshit anymore because yeah. I'm like, I, you know, there's some. It's really hard upkeep. It's yeah, I know. It really is hard. Um. The way I always approach any advice I give anyone is it always has to come from a place of positive thinking. Yeah. Because, you know, I was bullied at school yeah. for the fact that, you know, I grew up with ADHD and epilepsy. So it was like I was an erratic kid anyway. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the fact that I was thought differently or I thought, you know, and like, yeah, kids don't understand. They don't know how like brain chemistry works and everything like that. You yeah. develop that in a much later kind of understanding. But I do remember that people were just shitbacks. Like they were yeah. absolute because then they were like, you're different. So therefore I'm not going to willingly understand you. And I think that there are still people in, you know, in their 20s, 30s and 40s who just do this sort of bizarre way of thinking where they go, your entire perspective of life is different to mine. So I will not try and understand that because blah reasons and I'm but like, maybe that it's it's a sense that it puts them in uncomfortability yeah. like it's a not comfortable environment for them and they don't want to understand it because they're scared the hundred percent it's yeah. it's a fear factor i don't yeah. think it's actually an actual place that comes from anger i think the anger stems from fear yeah and i think the anger you know because they they're not they wish they were educated on these things when they were younger and I think that the the fact that they're at a certain age now and it's harder to understand yep. frustrates people a lot more. And I, and this will, you know, this will obviously happen to us as we get older. There'll be just things that we won't understand as generations go on and stuff, but I've accepted that. Yeah. And I'm just going to always try and willingly understand something, even yeah. if I don't fully compute it. Yeah. Like, and my brain goes, okay, I guess that's something I'm not going to fully understand, but I'm not going to judge someone because I don't understand it. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be like, I accept your opinions or I accept your way of life. As long as you're not murdering someone yeah. or you're not doing anything bad by other people, you're not wrong in my eyes. Like, Yeah. You know, and ultimately, I feel like if I don't have a full understanding of something, I can't make a complete conclusion yeah. about it. So it's not fair for me to be like, well, actually, no, your opinion's shit. Yeah. But I don't understand it. Like it does that doesn't make any sense to me. Like you need to fully understand someone's opinion and the wholeheartedly the situation to make yeah. that certain opinion 100%. on someone. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um Whereas some people <laughs> they, they pretend that they understand when they don't and then they keep making those political opinions or whatever it is about a certain person. Yeah. And that Oh, that does my head in. It's so many people do it. So yeah, many. but it's like there's something that they've heard in a podcast that someone else has said and they've run with that and they go, okay, well, this is this is how it is and this is what I think. And you're like, you've totally ripped that off somewhere. Yeah, I know. You don't even know what you're saying right now. No. And it's probably better that you just keep quiet about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't understand and you don't know, just don't, don't say. I think that, yeah, and I think like... Ask questions instead. Ask questions, do research. That's it. You know, um, that was actually something my... um. Uh, my writing teacher said to me, um, to me back in 2013, she said, if you ever write a script, do as much research, research as you can because 
your idea needs to be very much, you know, have an element of yeah. fact to it. <clears throat> and a lot of people who write scripts tend to write off the top of their head. And it's very like, I watch so much content. I watch everything I can from different films of different, you know, countries and everything to absorb as much like style and substance as I can and read different books and, you know, um, and if the more you wonder, you know, the, it's like that strap of like you see in America, the more, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. You just, you're always educating yourself mm. and there's no, like, there's no end goal. Like you're always yeah. going to And things work. are forever changing. Yeah. So there's never, that's why there's no end goal. Cause if everything's changing, you've got to keep adapting, keep learning, keep improving. That's the yeah. way it is. I mean, it's, it's so funny, but like, because you know, there are, you know, like people in the industry who think they know everything. Yeah. And their growth stops there. Yeah. And, and that's go, it. I'm I've done. done. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. You've got many years <laughs> to learn. Like, and, and some of these, like, I feel you can always, you know, uh, go anywhere and learn something new. And it's sort yeah. of the reason, um, you know, I love about this industry and it's, yeah. you know, the creative arts. So, you know, there's always stuff that people learn about, you know, through through us talking. Yeah. That, 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 you know, there isn't just one way. There is multiple, um, you know, different ways. And the fact that, you know, you keep pushing yourself really kind of, you know, shows there's no stopping. It yeah. just keeps going. And the fact that both of us have done different roles yeah. means that you can almost do anything. There but is a capability. That's I think that's another thing that's exciting about the creative industry is like a lot of jobs have that like linear way that and little like that path to get to the end goal. Like you go to uni, you go here and then you go there and then you get your dream job and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. With the creative industry, there is literally no right or wrong path. Like you just do what you do and you get to where you need to be. I know. It's very different for everyone. And it might be dabbling in different things like presenting, like acting, like voiceovers. Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. Whereas other people just get, they land that acting job and then they continue that yeah. career straightforward. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, this has actually been a blast. <laughs> it's been <laughs> so much fun. We uh, talked a lot of smack, but it talked yeah. a lot of good things too. <laughs> I think it's like, look, you know, we talked a lot of smack and we, you know, that's true. We knew that was going to happen we coming knew, into We this. knew. Yeah. And I mean, like, I have to now edit the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah, tune in next week. I've got a, another guest and yeah, I'll speak to you all soon. So, Bye. <laughs>